Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Comic Source. I'm your host, Jace. This is a creator-owned spotlight. We're going to be talking today about a Zoop campaign for a book called Rivals. Uh, as of this recording, it's about 86% funded. So now's the perfect time to jump on, help get it over the line, and be sure you get this amazing book. Uh, I have the two co-creators on with me, Paul Gerard and Mike Clark. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me. Thank, Thank you very much. Hello, guys. So uh, we'll start with you, Mike. Um, what's your role on the book and uh, what other comics have you done in the past that people may uh, or projects that people may be aware of? Um, I'm the writer. So, uh, yeah, I uh, wrote all the comics. Um, other comics that I've worked on, we've mostly been working for clients in the film and video game world. So if they're looking to promote a, a film, get it off the market, it greenlit or a video game that's about to be coming out, um, we've been working on that. So I've been working and writing comics for those guys. So this is the, the very first ongoing series that I have done. But I'm, I'm mostly from a film background. So I've took on all... all my years of writing film scripts and screenplays and theater scripts and adapted it for the comic world. Gotcha. What about you, Paul? So I, I kind of created the visual aspect of the world. I kind of tried to build it from, from the ground up, spent around, I would say three to four years, just developing all the characters and all of their locations. And, you know, came at it from the point of view of like a, like a production designer for a film. So I, I would say this series is that shadow of that more in depth than I ever would do for a film or a TV. So like the entire world is mapped out before we even started, you know, even writing issue one. The whole world had to be created. So that's what I've been doing and, and like put all my effort into for quite a while now. Yeah, and it does definitely seem to be a very rich world, both in terms of, of scope and ideas as well as uh, visually. Uh, I got a chance to read the first issue, gentlemen. So thank you for that, uh, Mike. Let's go back to you. Uh, let's. I guess we should tell everybody kind of what it what it's about, right? What's what's the elevator pitch? What's uh, what's the story of Rivals? And I know that's a really big, broad question <laughs> because again, the world is so big and you can go in so many different yeah. directions. But give us kind of the you know the starting point, if you will. Well, it's um, a planet called altar it's um, very much like earth but smaller and it's ruled by seven different factions and each faction has their own their own city um ruled by a leader which they call the sword um most of our story takes place in the city of john which is ruled by sword dawn hath and his go-to guy is the guy on the front of the cover there, Sag Bastar, um, which is played by Gary Daniels, the actor. Um, so, yeah, so we've got all these rival clans and they seem to be at war a lot, but it's been in recent years a bit of a time for peace, but that war is about to come again. So that's what the first story arc is all about. Yeah, and we learn in the first issue that this world used to be a little bit more advanced. It used to have, you know, better technology. Um, there are these storms that happen periodically called ghost storms. And it seems to be, they seem to be sort of cyclical. There was a lot of them for a while and really kind of destroyed infrastructure and technology, as I said, and now they're kind of in a slow uh, point of that. Um, 
would you say, you know, you said it's a world similar to ours. Were they kind of at our modern level of, of technology before these, more, these storms? More so, yeah, more advanced than ours. Um, and then these ghost storms have, have come along and they've put them back centuries in terms of technology. So that's all the big mystery as well, you know, that we're alluding to. Where did these ghost storms come from? Why are they here? How do we get rid of them? Um, so that is, yeah, part of the B story of what's going on. But it'll all come to a head towards the end of this, this arc. Gotcha. So, Paul, let me ask you, you're creating a world like this and you've got to make it new and look cool. Mm-hmm. But you're starting from a place where they've got they've taken a step backwards in terms of, you know, technology and just, you know, there's a bit of a post apocalyptic aspect to it. Does that add another challenge? Because you, you sort of need to build what the world was and then work backwards, <laughs> start destroying stuff. <laughs> it's, it's exactly what we did. We, you know, we illustrated it as it would be before the storms and then also illustrate what it would be after the storms in maybe a thousand years time. So you have those two key kind of references and then you can just have fun with it you know and, and it's like it's going back to, to the story a little bit it's like Sagawasta is like um he's a last honorable warrior in this world of absolutely brutal you know rivals and nutcases and clans and, and it's a pinnacle it's all about how he his loyalties are kind of tested if you like with his with the story ongoing and it does all tie into the ghost arms and everything else and it, for me I like to I like to tell stories with the visuals. So all, all the um, the key points in, like even in issue one with the, um, with, you know, with Dawn's kind of throne room and all this, and it all ties into the story, the story arc. It's all kind of illustrated. Yeah, and there's certainly this sort of Mad Max or Conan the Barbarian mm-hmm. aspect to the, to the story, you know, so like a fantasy setting, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you do have some sci-fi elements as well. Yeah, so yeah. you really, th- this really is a mix of a lot of different genres. Uh, and when, again, when you're doing the visual storytelling for that, is that just fun to mix those genres? It's, or it's, a challenge it's pure bliss. It's bliss. It's, it's having free reign. It's been working on a movie for so long. You get so, you know, constrained by the script or like, other people's vision. It was just absolute joy just to let go and do whatever the hell we want. And I mean, I, I grew up on like post-apocalyptic movies in the eighties and and things like, and also films like Star Wars, where the worlds were completely unique. You know, they might have hints of what Earth may or may not be, but they're, they're their own entity. You know, like like heavy metal or Dune or or Star Wars. So it's, it's in that kind of vibe. It's its own thing, and that way you can just do what you want, have fun. Yeah, that's true on the visual side. Now, for you, Mike, when you're writing the, you know, the the big broad strokes, getting down to the, you know, actual scripting, do you have feel that same freedom, or is it is it a little tougher because you you don't, you know, how do you rein it in? How do you know which where to go because everything is so broad? Well, it, it's it's a blessing because there's no budgetary constraints like I would normally have on a film. So, mm-hmm. for example, me and Paul had a, a film release in the States last week um, and it's a, a low budget horror film and we had to strip back all our ideas because the budget didn't, you know, didn't stretch enough for them. But with this, you know, when me and Paul put our heads together, 
no, the imagination <laughs> skyrockets and we can come up with incredible things that we just wouldn't be able to do right now with a camera. So, um, yeah, the sky's the limit with the imagination. So we can just, that looks great. That will sound great. That will, that's an amazing panel. That will look great. Let's, let's do it. That's so interesting. Uh, and you're right. That's one of the great things about comics that there is no budget. As long as Paul's able to draw it, you guys can, <laughs> you know, put it in the, in the story. So that's cool. Um, let's talk a little bit more about, uh, your main character Sago. Uh, Paul, you mentioned he's kind of the last, uh, honorable warrior yeah. here in this world. Everybody mm -hmm. else is in a way been just the way the ghost arms have corrupted the world. Mm -hmm. They've sort of corrupted the people. And we get hints of some yeah. betrayal and everything. Um, well, he, his his mentor, the you know, the Sword Dawn, I'd say he he was the first of you know this honourable tribe, but even he was corrupted, and you know he has to rule by an iron fist. Whereas Sago has retained that kind of level of um, spiritual martial arts. You know, it's, it's like how long can he maintain? How long he can, can he keep that up when everything is against him? You know, it's a yeah, and even our secondary character Bison, which you'll know about later on in the series. She's far more tainted because she grew up on like the enemy side and ends up working with Sago. And it's, it's that kind of balance that's going to be fun to do as well. Well, again, uh, again, Mike, that's got to be a challenge to to write, um, but in a way also makes the characters more relatable, right? Because from everybody's own perspective, they're they're the hero of their story, right? Um, nobody's 100% good. Nobody's 100% bad. Sago may be closer than anybody else, mm -hmm. but... Talk a little bit about the, the characterization of these characters, Mike. Uh, yeah. How hard was it to kind of find that balance for each of them? No, you're exactly right. Everyone is the hero of the story. So we will be showing, you know, the other factions, the other tribes, the other cities, where they believe they're in the right as well. And it's up to ourselves. You know, Paul came up with, um, with a little tagline, um, you know, choose which side you're going to be on. And that's what we want to do. We want to make it, you know, interesting. So we go, well, you know what? I understand where they're coming from. So, but as, as for Sago, yeah, he, he is, you know, the, the most honourable character in the whole series. He starts off as a city guard, makes his way up um, when he's older to lead the city guards and then retires to be um, the fight trainer for um, the heirs to the throne. So he's obviously paid, uh, you know, royal for doing that but then something happens and Dawn has to call him call on him again for one last mission and uh, that's what we follow we follow this this final mission that he's, he's done it he's doing it just for his loyalty to his own sword yeah and there's also um, a little bit of a backup story which I found to be interesting is that uh, what you're talking about where we get some perspective of some some other characters will we also get sides you know some side stories of characters in the main story as well exactly right yeah so the tales of the seven cities um we'll be looking because like like you said the world is so vast there's and there's so many characters that me and paul came up with so we all want to shine that spotlight on on each of them um you know during each issue so this one was oh, i'm not going to give there's a bit of a twist in this one but um right. other ones we'll be looking at other cities right. and the bad guy you know We'll go back in time to when Sargo was younger we'll, uh, and Dawn was younger, when he was the heir to the throne, things like We've got a million ideas that we're going to run through. So, so uh, yeah, it'd be interesting just to write each one of them as well. 
Yeah, with such a huge cast of characters, Paul, you know, we talked a little bit about developing the world and man, you really, you guys made yourself a really hard job. You, you designed two worlds, right? Cause you designed the, how it was, and then you went, went backwards. Um, but then you have this large cast of, of characters, you know, obviously Sago being the main character, but pretty, pretty big cast. Um, did you does, do the character designs once you had the world built? Did you do them simultaneously? Did you do the characters first and have them inform how you design the world? Talk a little, us, uh, take us through that process. For me, characters, I think, would always come first for me. And then you try and put those characters in in the situation and, and try and think, like, even his armor, where does his armor come from? And how is it so tough? I mean, I came up with the idea of um, the mountains in John City have a certain uh, metal that is really soft to mine, uh, but it's malleable, but it's, it's tough as hell. And how would that convey on his armor and, and his jewelry and things like this. And even, you know, I, I love this, this the shape of jewelry on faces. I, I love like, you know, adorning them with these kind of like um, gold or bronze little shapes. And they tie into like uh, the mythology, you know, the, um, the so like the scar on his head is the same shape as his, his jewelry. And that ties into the world as well. It's kind of that kind of mix. But for me, always characters. I, I mean, I'm a character artist by trade. It's what I do for, for movies and stuff. So I get into those, um, the aesthetics of the characters first, and then you know, spread that out to the each, each clan, clan's area. That's cool. Yeah. I, and yeah, the art is uh, amazing, very much um, as much as you can be realistic when you're, you know, displaying this world <laughs> yes. and telling a story in a place that's never existed before. Uh, I think it's, it's hands down, Richard Therese, who did the main art for the pencil, he's just phenomenal. A pretty much unheard artist, and he just went to town. He took yeah. my design to a, a different level. And of course, you got, um, we were very lucky to get great staples for the cover, and he did a great job in portraying Gary Daniels, you know, as Sago. Yeah, it's a, it's absolutely uh, amazing. And again, it, it helps to really breathe, breathe life in, mm-hmm. into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but that brings me to my next question, Mike. Uh, yeah, you know, Gary Daniels, very famous uh, action star. Um, you know, kind of the um, character model, if you will, for Sago, you've, you both mentioned that, you know, your work for film and TV um, and there's development going on for rivals in, in other mediums. Is that right, Mike? Um, yes. So uh, the, the series has been optioned um, to turn it into a TV series. So originally before I did it into a comic bowl of the first series, and that's been optioned now by uh, Druid Pictures in LA so we're, we're just uh, I know they're progressing and, and, and doing stuff behind the scenes so we're just yeah we're waiting um, eagerly for news as it uh, comes along yeah and you mentioned that you know you've worked in that those mediums film TV video games before what made you want to tell this story in this medium as, as a comic is it just those budgetary constraints you mentioned no, not necessarily, because I am a, a big comic book fan as well. I, I'm, I'm uh, a collector of, you know, Batman, um, all the first appearances of villains and things like that. I read a lot of comics. You know, I'm reading right now the, the new Predator Alien series from Marvel, and I like the stuff from Boom Studios and Image um, and Dark Horse. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's, it's something that I've always wanted to do as well is – you know, another feather in the cap is to also write comics as well because I love that medium. So, yeah, and I'm enjoying the pro- um, the process. 
Gotcha. Uh, let's go back to, and talk a little bit about the, the structure of the story. Uh, do we know how many issues it's it's going to be? And again, going back to the idea of, of scope, how hard is it to kind of focus and make sure you guys get to the end? Yeah, so um, I've split up the, the pilot episode. Um, so it should take about three issues to one episode. Uh, of script, and so we've got we've got nine episodes, so it should be around about the twenty seven mark to do the whole of the first story arc, all of it. But um, you know, me and Paul are just really excited. We get on the phone and, and we're we're swapping ideas, and you know, let let's get this done, let's do that one, let's have a big two page splash in the next issue of this happening and that stuff. So you know, we we are going right now as one issue at a time. But we we do have ideas for what the next thing is coming after that. Yeah, I just can't wait to see the comic. That's the thing. We yeah, it, I can't wait to wake up in the morning to see what Richard has done, and then see the colours and see, see it all come to life. That's yeah. It. Well, I, Paul, you mentioned that you've been working on this for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, probably on on the side while you you know because it's your passion project. You got yeah. the other things to, to pay the bills. So yeah, I imagine there's some level of expectation or, or nervousness. I mean, you guys mm-hmm. are really close to, to having this fully funded on Zoop. Um, and the hardest thing is it's not just Zoom. You have to kind of think of the long game. Like this is, you know, to be created over the next one to two years, you know, so it's it's trying to maintain that momentum and that passion for that long is it, quite tricky. You know, it's like, yeah, we, I spent, you know, three, four years developing it. But it's going to take that even longer just to get like the graphic novel done and the whole series. You know? So the Zoop is important because it, it it maintains it gets us a fan base uh, and you know it gets people interested in, in issue one that hopefully they'll stay with us for the rest of the series. Yeah, well, I mean, issue one it is um, almost just a taste. I would say you you definitely get a feel for the beginning of the story and who some of these characters are. I'm really glad you put that tales uh, backup story in there because again yeah. it really hints at this bigger world with a, a larger cast of characters. Um, and I almost kind of liken it to game of Thrones in terms of scope and, and cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is really just the, the beginning and it's like, man, I read the first one and I, okay, I'm ready for the next one. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but, it, but it makes it tough. I mean, this is a crowded yeah. marketplace and it's, it's tough mm. to get your project. It's really place. hard. It's, it's something we didn't, we didn't think about really. Our heads have been so, you know, we were so focused getting it finished. Mm-hmm. We didn't realize that once you get it out there, social media doesn't really do it anymore. You know, mm-hmm. guys like yourself are just so important to getting the word out and to get it into the hands of comic fans because just put it on social media, it's just, it just dies. Yeah. It's something you can't rely on. Yeah. I mean, again, there's just so much stuff out there. And it's not just mm-hmm. comics you're competing with, you mm-hmm. know, you're competing with all those other mediums that, that we love that you guys have worked in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's like there's plenty of people that would love this comic that may never hear about it. So you know, the yeah, more we can it. spread the word, uh, you know, the better the better it is. But um, there's any number of crowdfunding platforms that you guys could have used. What made you decide to go with uh, to go with Zoop? It's because it, it was it's a hundred percent comic dedicated. So the the theory was in my mind that it would get to the fans. You know, as opposed to being, you know, the Kickstarter was okay. I've done Kickstarter before for my own books, but I found again, you just, it's just a, a dot in the ocean sometimes. 
and, and getting it to the people that like this kind of stuff was really difficult. Um, and the most important thing about Zoop is it introduced us to, like, say, guys like yourself, who I, I you know, I don't, I didn't have those contacts. Mm. So Zoop's really important for that. Yeah, it really is a great, great platform and a great community. Uh, Mike, why don't you tell us, other than the book uh, itself, other than the comic, what are some of the other rewards that you guys are offering on the campaign? Yeah, so um, like you said, there's the book, and we've also got two um, fantastic variant issues as well with you know variant art on the covers, um, and that are available. You can buy them separately, or you can get them. In, as a bunch but also we've got the art of rivals as well which is all of paul's um design work how, how he stuff, came up with the character stuff as well you yeah. seeing that through different stages <laughs> and richard yeah richard was in there as well um so that's available as well you can get that along with the other books or you can get it separately um we've also got some great perks where you can be in the next book so We've got one as a background character. You can, you know, somewhere in, in the crowd, somewhere, you know, if in a fight, during a fight or something else like that. And we've also got one to be a reoccurring character. So in essence, it's like one of the main characters, really. You know, you'll be back in um, issue after issue after issue mm. until we decide what the fate of that character is. <laughs> but... Um, but yes, that that's another great perk that we've got. Yeah, but be warned, you probably um, will be all... killed in, in a brutal way at some point. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've also got original Bristol boards with the with the pages on from from the one shots that we did, um, and also you can get the one shot um, even though that was sold out. Um, you can get that uh, digitally as well, along with a physical copy of issue one of Rivals. Uh, some good, I mean, we've got other stuff coming. We've got posters as well. And, um, what else have we got, Paul? That's coming up, yeah. A lot of it, a lot of the extra stuff is now going to be on stretch goals, so it'd be posters and stickers. And I, I like my retro stuff, as you can see behind me. Uh, and you guys can see it. I'm, I'm still stuck in the 80s, so I like, like my stickers and uh, um, you know, lithograph type prints and all that kind of things, yeah. Uh, and a retail bun- bundle as well. So mm-hmm. if anybody you know has a shop and you know wants get get them at a, you know d- uh, more of a wholesale price, you can resell them to your uh, to your shop patrons. Uh, that's available as well. So uh, I'll take this chance to remind everybody uh, that the best thing you can do, other than backing the campaign and getting this amazing book, is to help spread the word. Because like we we were saying, um, or Paul mentioned, it's you know it's a drop in the ocean social media. So let's saturate it, you know, like even if this is not for you or, or you would, maybe you'd love to join the camp, uh, join the campaign, but you just don't have the, the means right now Just share it on social media. Hey, everybody, I came across this awesome Zoop campaign. Here's this great looking comic. Just put it out there so we can get as many eyes on this as possible. Uh, so anybody who does want to read it uh, has the chance um, because it, it is the start of something that's really cool. And we all like to be in at the beginning. So uh, there's a link in the show notes, everybody to go, Click on the campaign and check it out. You know, again, a couple minutes of your time. You decide it's not for you. At least share it out on on social media. So um, thanks for joining me, gentlemen. This has been a fantastic chat. Best of luck with the campaign. Uh, Let's finish up here. I want to ask each of you if there's something in the first issue or maybe the first couple issues 
that you're most excited to have fan reaction to you don't just give us a, a kind of a vague idea obviously we don't want to spoil it. we want people to check it out for themselves but does anything come to mind for you mike um there's a couple of twists in the in the first issue um that'll have a, a much bigger playoff um as we're going along in the next couple of issues but they're all you know there's a few there for you at the beginning few at the end There's also one in in the. I really enjoy playing with the audience or the reader, making them believe one thing and then just pulling the rug from underneath their feet, you know, <laughs> a minute later. So that you'll you'll see a lot of that. Not only will you see good story structure and good characters that you can you know you can egg on and uh, go on a journey with, but you're also going to be surprised along the way as well. Fantastic. What about you, Paul? Um, a couple of things. It's it's seeing Derek Daniels as Sago, seeing him back in action. <laughs> That's really cool, and one thing I wanted, I liked, I like from like um, from like heavy metal cover art is when you can lose yourself in the art and see detail. That's just phenomenal. I think Rich has done a good, a really good uh, job at doing that. I mean, in particular in the bar scene where you know there's like a hundred people in the bar and every single one's got a different facial expression. They're all doing something different. I mean, I love that. I love you losing yourself in the artwork that way. Yeah, it definitely gives you more of a cinematic feel. Again, going mm. to that uh, idea of, of the style of the book, which is cinematic and, and sort of post-apocalyptic, uh, but a, with a realism to it. So you feel yeah. like these are real these are real characters. So yeah, The way we, uh, we kind of talk about now, it's like the raid meets Mad Max. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's uh, uh, very much worth your time, everybody. So definitely check it out. Uh, well, gentlemen, if... If people have any questions, uh, do you have presence on social media? Where's the best place to to follow you, follow your work? Uh, we'll start with you, Mike. Um, yeah, I'm on uh, Facebook, um, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike Clark Film. Um, or you can get us on the Rivals page as well on Facebook. Yeah, same. So if you go to FinalImpactComics.com, then all the, the social media handles are all on there uh, for both of us. Great. Uh, and I'll put a link to that Final Impact Comics uh, website so you can go there and get all the social media uh, links in the show notes as well. So, uh, again, gentlemen, it's a it's a pleasure. Congratulations on the success of the campaign so far. Thank you. So close. Eighty six percent. I'm going to go as soon as we're done talking. I'm going to go and join. Uh, it's it's again, I, I want that even though I've read it, uh, I want that physical copy uh, and I can't wait for the story to, to continue. So best of luck with the campaign and thanks. Thank for you. Me. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for your time. Yeah. And to all you listeners, thank you for your time as well. We really appreciate the support. We couldn't do it without you. And we'll talk to you next time. Cheers. Bye. You can find the Comic Source podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.